Stages of labor, hormones of birth, and timing contractions are not the most important or effective ways to learn about physiologic birth. And chances are, you've learned some of that, and you still have questions about what to expect from birth. And these questions linger because the sources that are teaching childbirth preparation are only offering facts about labor and birth created to enable the medical system to justify the use of interventions to speed up labor despite the injuries experienced by mothers and the disruptions to the mother-baby bonding. Before birth became a medical procedure that needed these guidelines and metrics, women were shown physiologic birth instead of charts and graphs and tables. Today, we have the benefit of merging traditional physiologic birth knowledge with what is useful from research and evidence And this has been the key to helping my students and clients avoid things like tears and traumatic birth injuries and go on to have fulfilling natural births. If natural birth is calling you, merging traditional physiologic birth with learning modern knowledge may be the answer to your lingering questions. And you can begin the journey of seeing physiologic birth with a free class that will introduce you to the three P's of physiologic birth that help my students and clients avoid tearing in only 15 minutes so you will know why you can trust your body to give birth without injury. After watching this 15-minute video, you will know what physiologic birth really is and why learning the stages of labor, lists of hormones, and cervical dilation rates is just not enough, the most common points in labor where tissue damage tends to occur, and how to use the three Ps of physiology to prevent the causes of tears or episiotomies. And you will learn the difference between being 10 centimeters and being ready to push. After seeing the physiology in this way, one of my students, Sarah, said, simply mind-blowing. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I want to share this with all of the birth professionals that I have ever met, as it is so clear to me now how we have all been missing the big picture. And Cassie said, I took four courses, and yours is the one I walked away with feeling the most empowered. Very specifically, the physiologic birth part where you show the slides of where baby is. Having known what baby does in that dance with the pictures, just let me trust the process so I never felt worried. So if you'd like to learn more about what Sarah and Cassie are talking about, you can get started with this very special and unique physiologic birth training for free at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash free class. I hope to see you there. Birth plans. Have you made one? Not sure if you need one. Have a lot of questions about what your birth plan is really all about, especially when preparing for a home birth. If you're like most of the inquisitive home birthers I talk to, you have probably been looking all over for information about birth plans for home birth and seen all the templates. And maybe you've even asked other expecting home birthers whether they had one, and if so, what they included or didn't include. And when it comes to birth plans, all that inquiring about them is exhausting. And in the end, making the right birth plan for your home birth isn't about acquiring more external information and making a big list. It comes from being illuminated by your own inner knowing and having some traditional knowledge of birth that will help you understand the purpose and use of a birth plan that is supportive of your birth. So today on the Journey to Birth podcast, I'm going to share the three most common mistakes inquisitive homebirthers are making in their birth plan by looking all over Google and through all the templates and apps and how you can light up your birth plan through your own inner knowing. So that's what's coming for you today on the Journey to Birth podcast. Imagine transforming the anxiety, the worry, and uncertainty you have about your birth right now into the confidence and knowledge that will end everyone's questions about your natural birth and even have them asking you how you did it. 
Are you ready to stop imagining your wonderful birth and start preparing to experience it? Then you're in the right place. I'm Tristan, the creator of the Natural Birth Compass online childbirth education program. And I'm coming to your ears with perspectives of birth from across time and cultures to help you become more informed and confident in your birth. So grab your mug, fill it with your favorite tea, and let's begin the journey to birth. Recently, one of my fellow birth educators was teaching a birth plan course, and this educator loves teaching about birth, mostly natural birth, and birth plans are one of the most common topics that expectant parents want to know about. They want to know what should go in their birth plan, what they can leave out of a birth plan, how long it should be, how to get their care provider to read it, and on and on. So this educator was getting ready to teach this class, and she sent me the template that was going out to all the students. And in it, I saw that she had made the three mistakes that I warned my students against making in their birth plans. And I get why these things were glaring at me in her template. Even though she's a birth educator with lots of experience around natural birth, we're all essentially taught the same things about birth plans. Now, some people think they're doing something different, something that's going to finally get noticed, something that breaks through all the noise around birth plans, like the picture-based birth plan. All they've done is changed the way the information is presented, but they haven't realized the purpose of a birth plan. So when we learn about birth plans as birth educators, we learn templates and we learn the best way to form the wording, to keep it concise, to keep it respectful, and to try to get it followed and respected by the caregivers the best that we can. But this is exactly the opposite of how we should be thinking about birth plans. This approach of thinking your birth plan is all about the things you want or you don't want in your birth this turns something that has the power to hold the purpose of your birth experience to provide the vision of the transformative experience on the horizon, a reminder of why you're doing this for you if things get tough, and for your birth team to remember what they're doing there in your birth environment. It turns that into something menial, something that becomes focused on interventions and extra things in the environment that really aren't essential to your birth. You see, I don't believe you should be inviting people into your birth environment just because you think you're supposed to have a midwife or someone told you a doula would make or break your birth, I believe you should be inviting people in who are there to witness your transformation and elevate you in your birthing power. And your birth plan helps them to see how they can do that for you in the best way possible. And that doesn't come from gathering all the templates and learning all the things that could be done at your birth and making that into a big list. It comes from really getting clear on yourself. On first, journeying deeper into you what we call attuning your natural birth compass to nature's cycle in our program. And when you do this, you begin to ignite your inner knowing of what you need and who you need for your birth. And with the constant guidance of nature's cycles and tapping into your inner knowing, you become illuminated with purpose for your birth, with direction for your birth. And this is where your birth plan should come from. So when I looked at this template my colleague was using, none of this was there. There was no journey, nothing about the guiding cycle of nature, nothing about instincts or physiology even. It was very typical. And as I said, it included the three biggest mistakes that I see in nearly every birth plan, even the birth plans that I used to teach when I first started teaching birth preparation. Because, like I said, that's what we all learn. So what are those three mistakes? I'm sure you're ready to know what they are. Well, the three most common mistakes I see in birth plans are, first, they're permission-based, and they use permission-based language. This is something I believe needs to change in how we talk about birth all around, but today we can focus on how it applies to your birth plan. Second, 
they're written in a compromising way, in a way that will be pleasing to the birth team. And this sounds nice on the surface. It makes it appear as if it's a, you give a little and I'll give a little and we'll get through this together, a kumbaya kind of thing. But your birth is only about you. It's not about your caregiver, your midwife, or your OB. And people forget that because often people in caregiving roles assume the position of authority and they expect that you'll want to just follow their advice. But birth isn't actually a medical situation in over 97% of births. So you're paying them for peace of mind if you happen to be in the 2-3% to of people who might experience a situation that really does require medical attention. Now I've talked about this many times on this podcast and I'm sure that I will talk about it more in the future so I won't dwell on it here today so we can accomplish our goal of getting through these three mistakes. So on to number three, which is a birth plan that's a list of wants and don't wants. Wants and don't wants for labor are, well, they're a bit of a silly approach because you don't know what you want or don't want for any moment of your labor. But this is how over 99% of birth plans are written. And this is how basically all birth plan templates are organized, whether it's checkboxes or pictures or fill-in-the-blank forms. Most commonly, I will see at least two and often all three of these in birth plans. And I saw all three of them in my colleague's course. And again, she is far from the only one. Even I used to teach the same thing. But I knew they were a dead end, that something was wrong with this presentation. But it took me years to figure it out. It took me years of studying things like philosophy and permaculture and watching native habitats grow to figure out what we really should be doing with birth plans. And that's a different way to look at birth a different lens completely from the medical paradigm that we're used to today. And that's when I realized we were looking at birth plans all backward. Think about a seed. When an apple is eaten by a bird and a seed drops to the ground, is that seed asking permission of the maple tree or the dandelion to be able to grow there? Is it expecting the surrounding plants to say, okay, we can give it a try for two months, but if it doesn't look good to us, we're going to have to pull you up. Or is it trying to compromise with the microbiome in the soil? Is it saying, I would really like to grow here if it seems safe enough to you, and your active management is welcome if things look a little hairy to you at any point? And does that apple seed come with a list of things it wants and doesn't want to create an ideal environment? Nope. When a seed is in its natural environment, the seed sprouting and growing into an apple tree, it isn't dependent upon the things in the environment outside of the seed itself except for those things provided by nature, water, sun, the nutrients in the soil. Everything else comes from within the seed itself. And the same is true of birth. When you're birthing in a natural environment, like your home, and you have the health that nature provides, then you don't need anything outside yourself to give birth. But everyone around you in your birth environment will tend to get in the way and cause disruptions, which leads you to think The best way to protect yourself is to create a list of your wants and don't wants. And then you're told to phrase it in a way that has you asking for permission, so your list of wants seems less demanding. And then, just to be sure no one's offended that you created this list in the first place, you add some compromises in there just to polish it off. So when I see things written in birth plans like, I would like the lights low, I would like to play my own music, I would like to be consulted before cervical checks, If interventions are recommended, I would like a few minutes to discuss them with my birth partner all alone. When I see these lists and this style of wording, I see the birth plan of a home birther who's still wandering through the never-ending stacks of birth information, asking everyone they know who might have insight into home birth, 
posting in Facebook groups, scouring Google. I see you out there, my inquiring home birthers. And maybe, maybe this is still where we're at for hospital birth in many hospitals today. Maybe this is the best way to protect yourself there. It's been a long time since I've stepped into a hospital delivery room, so I can't speak from a place of knowing about that, but I can speak to the fact that this doesn't work for home birth or even birth center births today. What I want to see in your birth plan is who you are and where you are going in this birth. Why are you having this birth? What is the thing that is driving you to do what less than 1% of American women do today? And I want to know what nurtures you on all levels. What makes you feel heard? These are the aspects of a birth plan that make it powerful, that make it a constant guide for you. So if it gets hard, you can dig deep into why you're doing this. And your team has real tools to help you. Not just a list of things you read somewhere so you added them to your plan because it seemed like something that should be there. But that wouldn't be personalized to you. I want to see you in your birth plan. When birth plans are written this way, when it's a representation of everything you are giving to this transformational experience, you have something more than a birth plan. You have a reason and a purpose. You have direction. You have something that brings everyone in your birth environment together in one single aligned vision for this birth of your baby and the creation of your family. This is what a birth plan should be. Just making lists, that's not for a powerfully illuminated home birther who knows exactly why they are here and why they are birthing this child in this way. This is birth on another level, my friend, when you are ready to let the comfort of lists go and the safety from words of permission and compromise when they leave your vocabulary. That's when the knowing that's inside of you takes over and giving birth becomes more than having a baby or getting through labor. And that's when your birth partner sees the power in you that even they didn't know you had. And when you are free to become a more complete version of yourself through your birth. So a birth plan, it may be something that you've been stressing about that's had you looking under every last rock to find out what you're supposed to include. Or maybe you threw it together in haste just to check it off your to-do list thinking it wasn't really that important. And I used to think that too when I was getting ready for my home births. Nature has taught me that we are not a list of things we want or don't want in our births. And it's not about asking permission or compromising on yourself or your baby. Your birth plan is an expression of you and your birth and a key to creating the birth environment that will make your birth so much more than just having a baby. So I hope you are feeling excited about writing your birth plan now. I hope you're feeling a little more free to put yourself into your plan, to stop inquiring everywhere for everyone else's thoughts and opinions. Because you see the power that's inside you, and that's the power you can put in your birth plan that takes it beyond the ordinary birth plan. Now, if you're resonating with this approach to going beyond the traditional templated birth plan, I have great news. I have reopened one of my favorite mini courses called Beyond the Birth Plan for Home Birth. And if you're listening to this around the time this episode airs, you might be able to snag it for $27. This is a video course with a guide and a workbook that will help you get into those places in yourself that will help you uncover the why behind the birth you're envisioning and identify the types of support and communication that work best for you. Not your best friend, not your sister, but for you. And it goes over some of the most important things that you need to know for your newborn once they make their way earthside. So if you're interested in going beyond the birth plan, you can learn more at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash home birth plan. That's naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash home birth plan. And I'll also put the link in the show notes as well. 
So whether I see you inside Beyond the Birth Plan for Home Birth or if this is where I leave you today, I hope that you have been inspired to look at your birth plan through a wider lens. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to spending time with you again next time on the Journey to Birth podcast. And as always, wishing you a wonderful journey to birth. Thank you for listening and being open to new perspectives as we spend this time together. As always, let me know how I can support your journey. If you have topics you want to hear about, guests you'd like to hear from, questions or comments to share, let me know. This podcast is always transforming and you can help shape it into something that helps thousands of families have the best pregnancy, birth, and transition into parenthood possible by leaving a comment or a review or sharing this podcast with others in your life who will benefit from our discussions. Find me on the socials at Natural Birth Compass or email me at info at naturalbirthcompass.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. Wishing you a wonderful journey to birth.